Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. So Disney's doing a limited run test of an app called Express Order which will allow you to at uh, Backlot Express Restaurant in Hollywood Studios and during Fantasmic at Hollywood Studios order food from your um, phone for either to-go or pickup. It's interesting um, because the whole menu, like you can look, um, we'll put the link in the show notes, but you can look and, and see the entire menu of the Backlot Express Restaurant. Um, and it looks good. I mean, they've got everything. It looks real easy. You just tap a little plus to add something to your order and, um, it'll tell you like you've got a, however many minute wait for it to go and however many minute wait for pickup and stuff like that. And, uh, it looks really cool, but I don't really see a lot of functionality or time savings in this. Well, okay. But it's, it's not time saving Per se, but it is time saving in that that's time that you're not. I mean, I would rather be sitting at my table than standing in a line. Yeah, but for right now, at least, you still have to get up and go get the food. Uh, but okay, so there's actually a two. Okay, so first of all, Backlot Express, there's a two part test. The first part of the test is going to be you have to go pick up your food. The second part of the test will actually be you pick it up if you're going to use takeout, but if you're eating in the restaurant, they will bring it to your table. The, uh, from what I've read, the entire Fantasmic test is actually, we will bring the food to your seat. In-seat delivery? Yes, in-seat delivery. But I will also say that with Fantasmic, what, I, what I've been reading is you cannot place an order during the show. You, must, you, you have to order everything before, the, right. uh, before Fantasmic starts and everything. But that, that makes sense. I mean, once, the, once everything's going, you don't want somebody like, you know, some cast member barreling through, excuse me, uh, sure. somebody's got to get their hot dog. So. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so this is, they are testing it both ways. Um, it will, the Fantasmic, what I find interesting about the Fantasmic part is it's not just food. They're actually going to include merch in this. Yeah, some of the ears and, and stuff and even beer. Yeah, well, you know, it's not, as long as it's not Magic Kingdom, you can have beer. Yeah, um, it's and just they, they sell beer there, so right. It's just funny to uh, you know have a completely non, you know, completely impersonal experience where you're ordering alcohol. Yes, right. and and let's let's assume that um, basically the way that this is going to work is you will order ahead of time, but you will not pay until you pick up your order. Sure. Um, and in the case of uh, Fantasmic, apparently, what they're going to do is they are going to. Uh, take your order. They will bring it in the area because they're going to use your phone's uh, location services to figure out where, which that's really interesting to me in and of itself, because I have used uh, find my friends, for example, with my family uh, the last time we went to the parks and there were times when find my friends got, you know, decently specific as it does. There were also plenty of times that I just knew that they were in this half of the park and that could even change. Uh, you know, five seconds later when it got a better ping on the towers or something. Yeah, they can't be just using location services. This has to be a Bluetooth uh, low energy thing. Right. They, yeah, there's... They've got to be locating you based on um, Bluetooth, which in iOS there is a there is a uh, a prompt they can put up to say this app would like to 
um, use Bluetooth even when you're not in the app, which would let them just like they do at uh, at be our guest with the little rose um, would let them get to you. Yeah, with, within pretty pretty close. You know, I'm sure they're going to go to your section about where you are and yell out, "I've got a hot dog and a beer." Right, you know? and, and apparently the way that that's going to work is you will then show them the order number on your phone, right, to verify that it's you. So, you know, I think that I think that's uh, that part to me seems more valuable, perhaps in the backlot. Even though I can, again, I can see the value in the backlot express side of things. Here's the thing. Even if I have to go up to pick up my order, I would much rather go up to pick up my order than to go up to stand in line to place my order and get inevitably stuck. I do not understand. There's these huge menus that are up there the entire time you're standing in line. And inevitably, I will be behind somebody who, you know, we've been in line for five to ten minutes and they get up there and then they go... Uh, yeah, they haven't looked at the menu until geez, they're asked. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Do you think I should get a hamburger or a fish? I mean, figure that out before you get up there. Right. So, yeah, that that aspect of it, not being stuck behind that person, not um, dealing with that craziness. I, I like that aspect of it. But, um, yeah, is it is it a huge thing? I don't think so. But it's a, it's another small thing that Disney's doing. To free you up, to get you out of lines, and, you know, then maybe they can start selling merch in Backlot Express. I don't know. Something to to pass your time. Right. I think that if I could walk into the Backlot Express restaurant, sit, um, put my order in on my phone, and then have it brought to me, that would be amazing. That Especially at that restaurant, because it's just totally open. Um, yeah, that's a really- huge... I mean, it doesn't look like it from the outside all the time if you don't realize how it works but that's a pretty huge restaurant right and so if i could just go in there and sit down um that would be great uh but i just i don't get the convenience factor when i've got to when i've got to place the order and then go get it i and i guess i just don't uh find it that frustrating to stand in in the line i almost prefer to talk to the person because um, then I know, like, they've they've gotten it right. So, I don't know. I think the biggest problem with this is that right now it doesn't support your dining plan. Yes. Yeah, that, that to me was, was kind of crazy because um, the whole thing that Disney is trying to push is everybody needs to have a dining plan, right? I mean, they're, they're constantly, you know, the dining plan, the dining plan, the dining plan. And then you're going to go to, I mean, I don't know. Backlot Express, I, I feel like if you've got a dining plan, you're going to have a quick service credit to go eat there. Right. Um, even, if, even if you're on the base plan, that is the quick service plan. And then especially the hot dog, the popcorn, all the Mickey pretzels, all these things at Fantasmic, those are all snack credits. And again, as we've talked about before, snack credits, for me anyway, just seem to like build up. So an opportunity to use those is great, but the yeah. opportunity to go, oh, here, let me use the, oh, wait, no, I can't do this. And uh, yeah, that, that would be really frustrating to me. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't understand why they would roll this out. I, I um, wonder, I wonder, are they going to, are they going to pick mostly people who didn't, because uh, again, this is not, this is not open for everybody. This is open for, you know, if you get the email to get into the, you know, the, the limited test you get in, are they only, are they going to primarily email those who don't have dining plans? It's possible that they would do that, but it's still, I mean, why would you, 
I don't know why would it, it's almost I guess it's not encouraging people to not have dining plans because it is just this one restaurant. Um, well, and, and it's they're, way and in they're the not back telling of you about it ahead of time. Right. You wouldn't uh, ostensibly you wouldn't know about this unless you got the email. But it, it's also a good restaurant to do this at because it's way in the back of the park. And there is now with the backlot tour gone very little back there. You know, if you're not in Pixar place to go to um uh Toy Story Midway Mania or going to see um Lights Motors Action, you almost don't have a reason to be back there anymore. So, it's a good it's a good place to test it, I feel like, because it's probably low volume. I don't know. I don't have numbers to back that up. I just feel like of all the restaurants in... I, I feel like that has always been a low volume, quick service place, though, because I don't know, maybe I eat at really weird hours, but every time I've gone, again, it's a really big place, and it never seems to be that full to me. Yeah, it was, It was. I would say, two-thirds full when I was there last time. Yeah, but, uh, but compare that to somewhere like Pecos. Yeah. You know what I'm and saying? Cosmic Rays. It was not hard to find a table. Right. So, and at Cosmic Rays, it's usually impossible to find a table. Yeah. So, the the other thing, though, that I find weird about this is this is not going to happen in your uh, Walt Disney World app or your, you know, My Magic Plus system. It's happening through this the, through this express order app that is from this company called Venue Next. Um, who does this kind of stuff for, uh, it looks like, for, like, sports stadiums and stuff. Yeah. So that's that's a really weird part to me, too, is that, you know, they spent all this money rolling out this My Magic Plus system, and uh, and they've even tested pre-ordering food, like, with you and your uh, Be Our Guest uh, reservation. Mm-hmm. And now they're suddenly flipping everything. I, mean, I guess maybe the venue next makes sense for um, for Fantasmic, because maybe they've really perfected the whole being able to get in the in the area of somebody um but i just i don't know about the especially the first half of the uh backlot express uh test you know because if you're going to go pick it up anyway they don't have to know where you are yeah i i feel like it's because it would cost a lot of money to roll this out and i'm i feel like you can just partner or license you know or i guess not license but partner with this company for pretty cheap um, and see if people even want to do this because if they if they would install eye beacons um, around the Fantasmic Stadium and you know around um, all the restaurants, I mean it would be really easy for someone to find you with relative accuracy. You know, like at at be our guest because all of the tables are broadcasting. They came up and put our food on our table without even verifying who we were. Uh, just because of, I guess they knew we, where we were, uh, roughly and that, um, we didn't have food. And so if they were to roll this out, I feel like it would be pretty costly because to do it well, they would need a lot of very low power, very low, um, radius geolocators and Bluetooth iBeacons would be perfect for that. Uh, and so it may just be that this company, you know, partnering with this company for two places uh, with technology that already exists and using, you know, Bluetooth of your phone instead of instead of having your phone hook up to a beacon of some kind that then tells them where you are. Um, partnering with this company is probably just a lot cheaper. And, you know, I'm a little bit milk toast about this. Like, I don't, I don't know that it would really, um, in its current state anyway, it would really pose any benefit to me um because i think there's a lot 
there's a lot too when you're ordering food speaking to someone who is taking your order and i've always had really good experiences with the people who work even at the quick service restaurants who deal with hundreds of people an hour they're always very chipper and very nice and very knowledgeable about the menu and i think you lose that personal touch that disney is kind of famous for and that they are very clearly um making sure that everyone who works there cares about because i mean uh, if i was the person who was taking hundreds of orders every hour for people who wanted food and who some are not very nice and some are very um confused and a lot of people aren't the best english speakers um and and so to have that that personality and that personal experience is really important and i don't i don't think i i don't think i really like the fact that i'd be losing that because yeah, there's been but, a lot of times where I've been like, you know, I've asked them what's better, you know, because I mean, a hamburger is a hamburger. If you've had a quick service hamburger in Fantasyland, you've had a quick service hamburger in Epcot, you know, I mean, a hamburger is a hamburger and the French fries are French fries. But there's been a lot of times where I've talked to people and I like that. And I, I can I can totally uh, cop to the fact that that's probably not everybody and a whole and I, I also kind of like the fact that I can avoid talking to anyone because sometimes it's better to just sit and not have to talk. So I don't know. It, it's I, I want to see where this goes and I want to see what Disney does when they actually roll it out because I cannot imagine that they would roll this out whole hog across all of the parks at Walt Disney World with a brand and with a technology that they don't own. Right, and I think that's I think that's going to be the key. There is, um, it's very likely that this venue next and express order, um, they're willing to use their app and not not put out the outlay to to do everything in their own app initially. But yeah, the the concept that this would ever happen on any, you know, even even I think an entire park scale, you know, at the point where they decide to scale this up to all of Disney's Hollywood Studios, um, I don't think that that. Be, I, I think at that point it will be a part of the Disney app or it'll be some new Disney app right. uh, having to do with specifically this. But, you know, I think I think uh, to your point, I, I enjoy the personal experience when it comes to table service. Again, a lot of times when I'm in quick service, I'm trying to get my food and get on about my day. Mm. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, Disney's already trying to do this multiple ways. You know, they've they've got the what the, the they've tried the self-service uh, stations at Captain Cook's over in the Poly. Uh, they've had self-service stations at Pecos. I and you know I don't know if those are still in place right now. Um, I, th- I think the ones at the Poly were before the the remodel. You know, so they were there for quite a while. I think the ones at Pecos may still be there though. They were kind of up and down uh, the few times that I saw them. But Disney's making efforts to you know to cater to everyone, and I think that that's. That's the best uh, middle ground here is, you know what? If you just want to order your food on your phone and you just want to pick it up, great. Use your phone. But there will still be some people here. If you actually, you know, if you want to go through line and you want to talk to somebody, that's an option as well. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. They can't just get rid of, uh, rid of everybody. Yeah. And so, and, and I think they're going to keep the middle ground. But we both, we both have experienced, again, maybe not at Backlot Express, but at, Co- you know, Cosmic Rays and Pecos. Those are those are usually my go-tos for, you know, for talking about the how bad quick service can get. And I don't mean bad as in, you know, Disney's a horrible company, but I mean bad as in there's a lot of people trying to get their food. It is very hard to get a table. 
and it is very hard to get through line sometimes. Um, right. The food is great, and the restaurants are crowded, you know, yes. as such. Yes, and that's the thing is they can get really crowded, and that's where I would see something like this being more beneficial because my family, you know, they're not all going to go stand in line with me, and I'm okay with that. You know, they're going to decide what they want, and one or two of us is going to stand in line to yeah. go get it while everybody else goes and tries to find a table, though you can't do that at Pecos anymore. You'd still rather stand off to the side than be crowded with people all around you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's when I would prefer let's all go sit down and let's, you know, all take a break and we can talk about how our day has been going. And then, you know, we'll get told our food is ready and we'll go grab it and we'll come right back to the table. So I can see both sides of that. You know, you, you know, it's really interesting. Um we you say this is going in a, a Hollywood backlot tour or yeah Hollywood Express. Hollywood Express uh, restaurant um and I'm not that you know I'm I'm whatever about it but you tell me that they're doing this at Cosmic Rays and I'm super stoked and so, there, there you go and that's the thing they've got to start it somewhere and you don't start right. something like this at Cosmic Rays absolutely so I think it's just because I don't really see a need for it at Hollywood Express uh but yeah I mean if I could go into Cosmic Rays and while I'm looking for a table, be putting in everybody's order on my phone, um, that would be amazing. Even if I had to go pick it up, just the fact that I didn't have to stand in the line. So, yeah, you make this about Cosmic Rays, and I'm all in on it. So, so, so there it's, you go. it's so, location, location, location. Yeah. So, so you can be you can be pulled to the dark side, uh, given the given the right opportunity. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about today is uh, the OLC, uh, Oriental Land Company, who owns Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea, has, you know, so um, what, back in the end of last year, we were talking about they had announced that they were, uh, that they had this. Expanding. Right. They had this, you know, expansion going on in uh, Disneyland and in Disney Sea. Uh, And at the time, we, we knew that, you know, that the Fantasyland, we had talked about, you know, is it going to be the new Fantasyland expansion from uh, from uh, Walt Disney World? And then, as for the Disney Sea one, you know, we both kind of said, "Ah, that sounds uh, like a really good spot for them to put something Frozen related because everybody's going Frozen crazy right now." And they have finally announced uh, that the Tokyo Disney Sea will be a Scandinavia themed. <laughs> Scandinavia themed, which where eh, where you'll be able to experience the world of Frozen, but when Frozen fever dies down, it'll just be a Scandinavian experience. Yes, and 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 you know it's something that's a bit weird because I saw, um, I, I think one blog had even pointed out that there's actually something that looks quite a bit like the Stave Church from Epcot mm-hmm. in this. And so there there are three pieces of art uh, in this press release. There's a piece of art for each land. So again, we get the Scandinavia themed land that has the uh, suspiciously looking stave church and mostly Arendelle looking area. Absolutely Arendelle looking. Yeah, I mean it's got it's got the castle, it's got the like little town area, it's got them you know heading off into the mountains. I guess it doesn't have the big ice palace, but yeah, it's it's mostly Arendelle. It's clearly not winter in this picture, so it could be that the ice castle has melted. And uh, Elsa. Okay, so we're, so we're at the end of the movie is what you're telling yeah. me. Yeah, but uh, okay, so here's the thing. I should be irritated by this because I am so <laughs> irritated by the whole, you know, let's turn Norway into uh, into Frozen Land 
And you know, let's oh, do a I hope quick. They don't call it Frozen Land. They, you know, they'll still call it Norway. Um, you know, and it will be like ninety percent. I, I and, and again, this is where this is where I tend to get bitter. But I just I we we all know that I'm not a really big fan of prominently featuring any film in right. the World Showcase. But the difference here is at Epcot, the World Showcase is supposed to be about the countries there. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. one thing when you've got Alice in England and you've got, uh, you know, you've got Mulan in, in China and all of those sorts of things. It's another thing when a a movie and a, you know or something like that completely takes over an area for me. And that's right. and that's where the you know that's where I kind of grind up against that, and I just can't get quite get around that. You know, it's where it really gets stuck on me. Um, but at Tokyo Disney Sea, I really don't have a problem with their Scandinavia theme being primarily. Arendelle because you know it's like they have Arabian Coast. What is Arabian mm-hmm. Coast primarily about? It's gonna primarily be Aladdin type stuff, right. you know the uh, what the the Lost Island or oh gosh whatever they call the thing in the in the volcano. You know, uh-huh. the, the, there this is a world of fantasy already. This is not supposed to be grounded in some sort of reality. So if you want to take it and and run wild with with Frozen, I think that's actually a good plan for you. You know, sure. And I think it's very smart to not make it Arendelle and make it Scandinavia. And Brad, you said this before we started recording, so I don't want to take credit for your observation. But once the Frozen thing dies down, they don't. They're not stuck with Arendelle and people going, "Oh my gosh, really?" Yeah, yeah. They can. They can. In twenty you know, years, re-theme. people are going to be like Frozen still. Uh, yeah, I don't know, dude. This has had a lot more staying power than I expected. The question <laughs> will be, can Disney avoid running it into, you know, that's, that's the thing is, can they avoid running it into the ground with a frozen two and a frozen seven and a frozen 25, um, you know, that, that just totally devalues everything, uh, about that property. But either way, again, they're not, they're not committing everything to that. Even if, again, looking at this, looking at this picture, they're committing quite a bit of the resources um, mm-hmm. to making this a frozen area. And, uh, you know, they say it's going to be about the size of Arabian coast, which I think is, it's got like four attractions in it. And then it's got like three or four eateries in it and a couple of shops. So, I mean, that's a nice size little land actually. And I'll be excited to see what they, I'll be excited to see what, uh, what attractions they put in there, honestly, because Tokyo Disney sea just has really, really good. And that's, that's going to be the other thing is I want to see how they theme this. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's where they excel at is is yeah. being able to theme. Um, so yeah, uh, probably going to be planning a, a, a trip there uh, once that is open. But they've got that going in at Disney Sea, and then the two areas that they have going in at Disneyland. So Fantasyland is actually going to get two new themes. They're going to get an area theme to Beauty and the Beast, which sounds suspiciously like uh, the new Fantasyland expansion to me. <laughs> I mean, is it is it not like be our guest in the Gaston's tavern and and all of that? Yeah, it looks it looks pretty similar. I mean, just the the concept art they have uh, shows a gate and then people walking across a bridge into a castle. And at be our guest, you walk through a gate across a bridge into a mountain. Yes, so. where 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 the castle is. Uh, it is a forced perspective little bitty thing off in the distance. So if yeah. they if they actually do the castle, that's going to really frustrate a lot of people because it's going to be like they actually got the castle. We got this this mountain thing and a, yeah. and a castle looking uh, toy toy house off in the distance. You know, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, again, they're they're 
they've said that there will be unique attractions and, and things like that. And if they can, if they can just put in one unique attraction into each area, even if they, you know, even if the other ones they pull from other parks, I think that that is good, you know? Yeah. Um, because most people don't get the chance to go. And that's, and that's the difficult thing for me is I see them cloning attractions and I'm like, ah, I want to see new attractions, but not everybody gets the opportunity to go to, you know, Disney parks in more than one country. And right. if you don't, then what do you care that they cloned, uh, you know, clone something from Disneyland Paris or, or whatever. Right. right. Um, and that, that leads to the third area, which is, uh, or again, second area in Disneyland, third area overall, which is going to be themed to Alice in Wonderland. Which I hope they make it like freaky, psychedelic Alice in Wonderland and they don't like back off of it. I, I feel like they would make it a little more tame in America, but I feel like the Japanese are just awesome enough to make this like a, a freaky, psychedelic like just totally neon colors and all this really unreal like trees and and using you know force perspective to to make buildings look curved and and things like that and just like really make it Alice in Wonderland um the way that I feel like it should be you know cuz Alice in Wonderland if you look at the story and the plot itself is freaky man well and, and the and the movie itself is pretty trippy yeah uh, in quite a few areas so I, I i hope that they embrace that um and and make it really good and i feel like the only place that they would do that is in tokyo yeah again it's it's you know olc so we actually do have some hope but now um you know disneyland paris does have uh the you know they've got a alice in wonderland themed area as well so they're probably going to be drawing some I again, I don't think I don't think that Beauty and the Beast is going to be a straight up copy of New Fantasyland, even though it's it's going to be inspired by New Fantasyland or that that section of New Fantasyland. Um, similarly, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Alice in Wonderland kind of gets inspired by that and inspired by you know the Alice in Wonderland uh, stuff at what Disneyland, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like they can take from all of those and then they can plus it. You know, and right. OLC is willing to put the money down to plus everything to the point where it becomes something new, becomes something much better. Uh, and, you know, makes me really, really start, you know, checking hard on kayak for how much is that uh, plane ticket going to cost me to get over to, back over to Tokyo. So, right. That's what I want. I want I want this land, this Alice in Wonderland land to be so crazy and 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 just insane that I need to go. Right, that you that you just can't you can't help yourself uh, so much for buying a house in the next ten right. years because gosh darn it we've got to go to Tokyo Disneyland exactly exactly and and I think again the thing is you know and geez this sounds bad but if this was if this was Walt Disney World if this was Disneyland I would go eh. Yeah, I would not it's, be excited about either of these things. You know, it's it's gonna be there's gonna be some good stuff and just like with New Fantasyland there was some good stuff. Um, you know, and New Fantasyland is something that, you know, that you want to go see, that you wanted to go see after it opened, but I just, you know, I don't know. When, when Oriental Land Company gets involved in something, I get excited because I'm like, dude, who knows what they're going to get the Imagineers to do for this, you know, because, yeah. again, they, they just don't seem like they bean count quite as much as we do over in this, over here, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Maybe that's just my perspective, but... I think it's the right perspective. So I think it's pretty um, objective, objectively true that they 
go all out more than we do. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if that's because they can and maybe it's because they can bring in more money. Um maybe it's because they're, you know, they're not as concerned with sinking money back into it. I don't I don't know all the ins and outs. All that I know is I like their end product a lot of times better than what we get. So I don't know, but yeah. So you know, we've got Scandinavia, fantasy, or uh, Scandinavia, Alice in Wonderland, and Beauty and the Beast all coming to Tokyo, and that is they have they have not given a hard date, but they have said uh, sometime after the fiscal year start for 2017. So I think probably sometime in 2017 we'll see all these things coming, which is also pretty uh, impressive that you know they're going to get three new lands up in two years. Yeah, that's quick. You know, or two and a half at most. So I'm excited. I'm I'm always excited when Tokyo says they're going to do something. They they and I've never been, but uh, the, all the pictures I've seen of Tokyo Disneyland and in Disney Sea, I mean, they knock it out of the park consistently. Oh yeah, they 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 know how to theme. So we'll see what we'll see what happens next, though. I think that'll do it for this week's episode. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at MTM Podcasts. You can like us on Facebook. We're Missing the Mouse, and you can visit our website at www.missingthemouse.co. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, have a magical day.